Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. Mm-hmm. I'm Colin Edgley. With me, as always. Yep. Jesse Catherine Whipper. I'm Emilio Diaz. And today we're joined by special guest, <laughs> host of a podcast, High and Mighty, Action Boys on Patreon, and the great best show of 2022, 101 Places to Party Before You Die, John Gabris. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Here I am. Letting it rip. Can I kick it? The yeah. title of the email you sent me was Inherent Vice Pod. Spoiler for listeners. Uh, so I was like, uh, these they do a podcast about Inherent Vice like this many. And I was like, that's got to be fucking intense to go back yeah. to one movie. I was like, and they didn't ask me to like watch one minute of it or yeah. one facet of it. So I was like, I'm ready to talk. And then I was like, uh, the second you were like, and then there's like some film festival stuff. And I was like. Oh, all right. Yeah, this makes yeah. way more sense as a, even a premise for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe my poor skills as a ersatz booker. <laughs> the, the one time I come up with an idea for an episode. <laughs> but yes, we're joined by Gabrus. We're excited to talk about Inherent Vice. I Hell feel like yeah. there is a... Uh, I, I saw a... You were talking about books for stoners. Yes. One that you plugged was Inherent Vice. And I was like, yes, that's a great. There's the crossover that we need. And I haven't even read that in forever. As a matter of fact, watching last night, I I put it I moved it up on my to read queue. I was like, fuck, I got to reread this now that I've seen. I've now seen the movie three or four times. Do not ask me to run you through the plot. I have seen it. I literally have. I've not seen a, a movie that recent, uh, uh, that recent of a release, this many times, and I'm still not a hundred percent sure what's going on the whole time. And I'm like, fuck, I have to reread this shit. <laughs> I'm happy the whole time. It's like of such a vibes movie that I, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rereading Inherent Vice is top of the queue, and also you got to read Vineland now to get prepped for the next one. He's doing oh, right. pension. Yeah. That's uh, well, I'll maybe talk more about Vineland a little later. I read that earlier this year, I think right before the, the rumors started coming out weirdly. Uh, and it, oh, th- there's a lot of like echoes of Vineland in inherent vice. Uh, oh, cool. But yeah, if we want to want to start briefly uh, going over some news, I very, very, before we were recording in our little echo chamber, I was like, oh, nothing has really happened in the, the film festival news world. Uh, and then, of course, we have been talking about the strikes because they have been relevant. We were mostly in Toronto and... Uh, we're feeling it, uh, and one of the strikes is going to be over, uh, probably before we're done recording. Yeah, by the time this is twelve oh one tonight, the strike is mm-hmm. lifted, uh, which is pretty rad. I guess we're ratifying it. Uh, well, we will be ratifying it. Um, uh, that is good news. That means now. Uh, maybe writers will be talking about their movies at film festivals. Still not yeah. the big stars just yet. Yeah. Let's go, mm-hmm. studios. Make it. Yeah. Uh, I will say it has led to the strikes are 
you know, brutal, and I'm I'm, ho- I'm hoping we all get what we want. But it has led to Marty Scorsese having to exclusively do all the press <laughs> yes. for Killers of the Flower Moon, and that is kind of appealing to me because I do not give a shit about De Niro and Leo. I mean, I love those guys, but I think I know mm-hmm. enough about them. Yeah, I'm intrigued by Marty given all these. Be- I didn't get. I I edited it to my to my read, but I haven't checked out. He did like mm-hmm. a big GQ uh, uh, piece today, which everyone was talking about. It was, sounds pretty rad. Of course, yeah, there's was... a pull quote about Marvel movies is the only sure, one that yeah. made a headline. Same yeah. old questions. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, the there's funniest a... one was they tried to when they tried to bank as much of the Oppenheimer as they could, but Christopher Nolan had to go on TV. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the um, the, he did he did one of those like because uh, it was a GQ profile. He also did one of the videos where he's like, "Here's what I all the stuff like going through his career," and that one's pretty good. He, he talks oh, a little sick. bit about. Some like he gets silence in there, which you wouldn't expect for one of those like mm. clickbaity oh, videos. Maybe <laughs> I have not seen Silence. That's one of my Ooh. gaps on uh, Marty. I just saw Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore this year for the first time, and I, I've still not seen Silence. And I think there is one I have not. I haven't seen Bring Out the Dead in a long time. Mm. Or that wait, that's crazy. yeah, that's the Nick Cage ambulance one, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, I haven't seen that Bing one. Rames. So long. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. And then there's one other Marty gap that I have that I obviously it, it's a gap of enough that i can't place it right now but uh i'm humbled uh, you know we only have a we only have a handful left from the master so i might as well i, yeah. I might as well get them all in yeah mm-hmm. i've been picking and choosing through the ones that i hadn't seen and also just like going through rewatches of the ones that i haven't seen in a while um, oh yeah makes sense but silence is like it's really uh it's heavy for sure like you gotta lock in for that one <laughs> i like uh what's his name is andrew garfield is in that yeah right? garfield yeah. is great and- I've always thought he was okay, and then I like watched the Tick Tick Boom and uh, the the Mormon HBO Max series under the uh, Golden... Tammy Faye. No, no, no. Under the Banner of Heaven. Yeah, under the Banner of Heaven, and I was so impressed by his acting in both of those that I'm now a Garfield fan for life. And then I thought he shined as uh, in the in the Spider Man's. He was yeah. the, he was like the most he was the most charming of Spider-Man. Just to jump back to something Jesse said a second ago, it's funny that Chris Nolan is like an absolutely handsome debonair <laughs> genius, but wildly uncharismatic at the yes. same time. Like it's like you would think like, all right, he's doing the interviews. That's great. Wow, we never get to hear from this hot yeah. dude in a fucking suit, and he's so charming, and his movies are brilliant. And then he's just kind of like, oh yeah, his movies people complain are kind of like lightly emotionless. It's like I get it. Pick up why, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the dream, to be, like, so enigmatic that people just, like, think you're charismatic even though you just don't right? have it. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to be charming because I don't get him. <laughs> yeah. A loser couldn't come up with Inception. It's too cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, you know, speaking of uh, trying to get the big stars uh, back working as fast as possible, they perhaps conspicuously uh, last second added uh, the killer to the tail end of the New York Film Festival, uh, perhaps Mm -hmm. in a we hope that the actors in this movie will be able to be there in three weeks or whatever it is, which has been like... Uh, oddly hard to see at a festival for a movie that will be on Netflix in yeah. six weeks. Uh, I Venice and nothing else. It's yeah, yeah. Uh, because they don't want to put the money behind it because sure. uh, right, they're not yeah. going to have star. And it, that's yeah. so obnoxious. It's but, like, yeah. but it is like Netflix is 
in any year is just like very strange with like where they play things and have only yeah. gotten stranger and this has been a reason for them to get even stranger yeah this is a great year if you're into like that movie bro cinema shit like we got like yeah. a new nolan a new scorsese a new fincher and a new ridley scott like that's yeah. like and a new michael mann uh yeah, yeah ferrari oh shit yeah wait I, maybe i mixed up is there a new ridley scott or did i mix yeah up? Napoleon. napoleon oh right yeah Dude, that, i mean yeah. those are five like banger fucking directors all yeah. dropping something new this year it's and then not- I'll be watching them all on my laptop next yeah. year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The final Friedkin movie will unjustly oh, yeah. drop on Tubi or something. Oh, <laughs> no, fuck. it's no, it's going it's gonna be on Showtime in right. like a week and a half. Yeah, that's so oh, disagreeable. I, I can't I mean I yeah. can't wait. I'm Yeah, I mean I ha- it's great to see a new one, but it's yeah. just like he died. Not that, maybe a little I, respect. Like yeah. Yeah. he's one he's one of my favorites. Very exciting for the killer, obviously. Uh, yeah, I think that's oh, gonna yeah. be great. There's when that trailer came out, people were like, "What is this? This looks silly." It's like, "What are you talking about? It looks yeah. great." Yeah, Carlos Howard in a cool Nine Inch Nails t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I have not watched the trailer yet. I will. I, I will. I try to avoid trailers until like mm-hmm. I'm stuck in the seat at the yeah. theater. Uh, so I'll be like. I, I just saw a, a, a movie. I just saw the Napoleon trailer for the first time, yeah. and I'm fucking mm-hmm. hyped on that. I mean, that it's gonna be rad. epic. <laughs> <laughs> There's no two ways about it. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you. It's a, a huge Ridley Scott movie that's gonna be like three and a half hours long. Most people aren't gonna like it. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> yeah, I gotta figure out my fucking bladder in the next six months. Yeah. Like, I got, I got Killers of the Flower Moon, and I'm like, I'm like. Panning. Why can't we have intermissions? Yeah. Didn't they Bring like fucking two thousand and one yeah. had an intermission? Give us it, give us an yeah. intermission. That yeah. movie's not that long. Appreciate sure. it. Yeah. yeah, right. It's exactly. definitely shorter than half yeah. this other shit that's it's out. Less shorter than, than Avengers. But yes, uh I think with that we should start talking about Gabriel's your experience with film festivals. Yeah. yeah. I've only been to a couple. I've been to South by Southwest a bunch as a performer, as a comedian, and then got because of my artist badge into seeing a bunch of shorts and docs. Not any of the, never really any of the big pictures because of. Uh, uh, I think I saw one really good. One. I feel like I saw Boyhood there or something. I got in. Bec- I got into something good because some famous people were like Gabrus we're going to the yeah. way the way anything cool in my life has ever happened is someone who's more famous than me said hey we're doing this and i happen to be standing there and that's most most of my film festival stories are literally that premise because to be like i'm always the least famous person on something like uh, i did get to go to sundance with um the little hours. Um, yes, my yeah, but- I remember yeah. seeing the pictures of Sundance and being like, "Oh, Gabrus is at Sundance. That's <laughs> cool." <laughs> it was definitely cool. I felt crazy. Yeah. Uh, Bane is a Bane is a buddy of mine, so he was just like, uh, he cast me in that movie last minute, and it all worked out. I replaced someone. I was stoked. He's like. Uh, you should come to Sundance. We should have the whole cast. Whoever can make it, just come. And I was like, and Pally was there for that and and another movie, the band one, yeah. Band Aid. Yeah. Oh yeah, the uh, Zoe Lister Jones movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there for two movies, so he had like some extra, like you know, two different movie companies giving him a budget to like have a hotel or whatever. So he's like, just stay, stay at my hotel. Like, cause I I wasn't getting anything. So he's like, stay at my hotel. Um, uh, hopefully we'll, we, you'll get flights from the production company, but, uh, and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll go fuck it. And I went and it was 
my first encounter in that like level of fame. I've since done like the uh, Creative Arts Emmys, which is like famously not that famous, uh, not that famous of people. But I did meet RuPaul there. Um, there, so going there, I was like, oh, and then the women are the leads of that movie more, and they are the stars: the Allison Brie, the Aubrey Plazas, uh, the Molly Shannons, and but I was there with. Uh, Pally and we kind of played we're on our scenes together and our scenes were with Nick Offerman and Dave Franco's in the movie too now those three guys are well versed in being famous and being handsome and have stylists and stuff and I didn't know about like this part of the industry and it was a it was like ostensibly a rude awakening for me Uh, (laughs) like I was like as someone who never really cared about the way they looked in any way, they're like, "All right, now let's take pictures." And I'm like, "Pictures?" And it's like, yeah. and I'm like with Allison Brown, with like all these beautiful people. It's like Dave Franco's got like a sweater with a leather jacket on over it, and he looks so fucking cute. And I'm there in like a fucking cowboy pearl snap shirt, sweating my fucking tits off. And it was just like I was so made aware, not by any one of my peers, but like by I was like. Oh, this thing that I hate about the industry, I will have to figure out my way to do it ASAP. Because I, I never been like that. I never been concerned with my appearance. My wife always said like, I hate getting my photo taken. All this stuff. I love acting and all. And she was mm-hmm. like, she's always been like, you're gonna have to learn. And I'm like, no, I'm mm-hmm. not. I'll be. And then that in that moment, I was like, well, no, this is a little embarrassing, but mostly, uh, I felt like a child. Like I was like, oh, I gotta wake up. So a fun little anecdote is we've all heard about the gifting suites at these like big time film festivals. Now, yeah, at the like Oscars and Emmys and all that shit, they are like elite. Like I hear like, I don't know how they are anymore. There's been sort of a backlash against that. But like people would get like, here's a 10 day Fiji vacation. Thanks for being at the Emmys. Or, I like, think they'll still get end up getting like posted online on some website that's just like, look at the Oscar grab bag. Here's like, yeah, yeah, and, like ten thousand dollars worth of. Godiva chocolates or whatever and stuff like that. It's always crazy because it is like a couple of material things and then stuff like, you know, like a dozen free massages at this, you know, like it it ends up being so much shit. And then, you know, that just gets like uh, divided amongst like their uh, support crew and like, oh, my stylist. get, Yeah. Uh, But when we were at Sundance, we went to like uh, a Columbia gift, uh, the uh, fancy winter sure. jackets. And yeah. I and I didn't even have a winter jacket because I've been living in L.A. for a few years at this point. And I didn't have one that like was really cool. And they were like, all right, yeah. And they were just fitting everyone for Columbia jackets. And like I could, I you know, I, I grew up going to bars underage and I grew up trying to get into places I wasn't invited. So I'm familiar with the body language of someone who's trying to ignore you. And like the the lady handing out the coats kept clearly being like, like, and I'd be like double XL and she would be like, looking, and I'd be like, are there any double XLs? And she would just like not be paying attention to me. And she's like, zipping up a coat for Breeze, zipping up a coat for Offerman, zipping up a coat for, and she's like, oh, you look amazing. And then Pally, who's my, you know, my, my friend, my entree into all that shit. As you guys know, if you watch the show, he, we've been friends forever. He's like, uh, he didn't get one. And like, I saw the woman be like, like, all right, because I, I didn't have a following then or at any point, you know, like and I was just like, OK, and I, she's like, we don't have double XLs. And uh, like I saw her like smirk, like I felt like I was in like a National Lampoon's movie. She's like, sure, yeah, it's like, sorry, yeah. <laughs> no double XLs. And I was like, 
I'll take an XL. And she's like, huh? <laughs> and I was like, I'll take an XL. <laughs> so I walk out of there with like a jacket that doesn't zip, but it's like, I got this dope ass like snorkel hood with a hood. And I feel like, and I'm like, I will, f- this is my gold jacket. I'll fit into it someday. <laughs> and I just like walked around with an open jacket all weekend in fucking uh, Sundance. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm so cool. <laughs> yeah. I felt like a fucking, dr- I felt like a king with my free. And then I got, the most random, I got platinum status on American Airlines for one year. And I never even used That's it, but it was awesome. just something. It was just some stupid thing I signed up signed up for. and That was cool. Going to other movies uh, is the, like the highlight of the festival. Mm-hmm. I like watching movies. I'm not, I don't care about the parties as much yeah. as getting high and going to see other people's movies. Uh, and festival energy... It's like uh, you know, it's it pluses everything up. Yeah, you know they what call I mean. Festival and, and goggles. <laughs> festival goggles. Yes. Yeah. And but it is like when you watch it with like people who are movie fans or have worked on the movie or you know when when someone cheers because their friend's cameo is up or like their name drops in the credit. That shit raises like that that escalates the experience for me. So that shit all worked on me so well, and I get caught up in those moments and. You know, I'm at Sundance. I'm like getting to see movies, and it's just such a radical experience. I was not there for long enough, uh, but I, 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 I'm dying for the day. I, and it's not like once the uh, strike is over, your boy's back at the <laughs> festival circuit. Yeah. That was like the one. I've and that, and I did Outfest in L.A. with this mm. movie, this indie movie I did a long time ago called Fourth Man Out, and we went to TIFF. But I don't know if I went – my memory doesn't serve me correctly. I think we went to, like, the LGBTQ uh, film festival at TIFF. Like a sidebar uh, or something. Yeah, like a sidebar. Yeah. I don't think it was during TIFF, the mm, Toronto. Sure. Oh, yeah. They, I think they, it was just, like, yeah, everything they, was branded yeah. TIFF. But I think Yeah, it was they have their, their year-long theater that uh, – yeah, the light box. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Yes. We, and that's, that's where our movie premiered. And that was – that was pretty rad too. Also, going to Outfest as a you know straight cis man is fucking radical too because like I'm in like this goof like and this was this was even long longer ago but I'm in like this goofy comedy about like three blue collar meatheads trying to deal with their friend who's new gay to, newly gay or newly out to them and uh, it's kind of just like a but then you go and it's like. The other movies are like, holy shit, like heavy or like just a perspective that, you know, maybe I'm not familiar with at all. So it was just like that was a really uh, rad experience too, just being at Outfest and then Mm -hmm. getting a shout out from uh, John August about my movie. He mentioned it on the podcast and I was so stoked. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I there's a scene in this movie where I have a very unflat like it's a joke that I walk into a scene with my robe open and my, and I think I do have an erection and someone calls it out. I remember I had a prop dick on. I don't know if that all ended up in the movie, but I walk out and it's very unflattering. And when it played at TIFF, someone went, sure. oh, <laughs> like at the gross. Unfla- but when it played at the Outfest, <laughs> people went, oh, like people were into it. And I was like, oh, all right, let's go, gay dudes. Thank you. <laughs> Holler. <laughs> like, and that, that was a real moment for me where I was like, oh, it really can play differently in crowds. And that and it was it was because va- I was not looking forward to getting a gross out reaction from the crowd based on. 
no prosthetics were on my body. <laughs> it was my. <laughs> it was yeah. just my body played for a punchline. But when uh, when the bear chasers saw it, they got all they got all worked up. So that was that yeah. was a nice little treat. It wasn't supposed to be like a jump scare. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I know. People were like saw the nun in the reflection or whatever. <laughs> were you? Did you do like a Q and A after the movie when you were there for uh, the little hours? Uh, yeah, um, but that's a that's one full of big personalities. So uh, sure, and yeah. uh, and and uh, Aubrey, you know Aubrey, and yeah. is married to Jeff They're, and yeah. is a fucking force on a microphone. So, uh, but it was fun to just be up there. It was fun to walk the. It wasn't the red car. I don't remember, but we like to get sure, like to yeah. hit the step and repeat with the crew. That was like really fun, and and because mm-hmm. the movie's funny. You know, seeing yeah. that in a full mm-hmm. crowd is yeah. Always, that's is what the, so you were you yeah. were there at, with the audience seeing it. Was it? Do we know? Was that the premiere at Sundance? I'm not sure. It might have been. It might have mm-hmm. been. I feel like yeah, because he also had Joshi there. I feel like. Oh, I think I think you're right. I think because I so think I, I remember I, hearing like we premiered Joshi yeah. here previously yeah. and all that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I yeah, mean, it the is, It's always yeah, yeah. It's just always weird when there is like. Uh, you're at a movie like that, a festival where there's like 10 actors on stage and it's like, these people could all talk and be interesting and yeah. only the directors going to get questions. Yeah. Right, the exactly. It's like, no who one's made gonna, the movie. No one's yeah. going to be like, excuse me, you are in two scenes, sort of. <laughs> yeah. I had a couple of questions <laughs> for you, you know? Yeah. Uh, that That's really, like, be, being friends with Jeff uh, got me to be in that movie more. I mean, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I can act and the role is yeah. I'm playing an Italian, uh, warrior. <laughs> I, I, I kind of have the build for it. So I was just, I, uh, when he, when he asked me, I was like, Oh, that's amazing. I got to go to Italy and I was like already like, this is the greatest experience of my life. That's the trip where me and Adam kind of came up with 101 places. Cause we mm-hmm. were like partying so hard yeah. <laughs> off camera. And we were like the highlight, like we had, it's a bummer we have to go work tomorrow. Like the thing we <laughs> yeah. came here to do. We're just drinking fucking red wine, eating prosciutto all around Luca and Braga and Tuscany. And we're like, oh, we should make this. This is a show. This is a better. Yeah. This is the fun. Like forget doing. Because I was like, we should we should make a movie where we travel so we can sh- do this. And he's like, we should make a travel show where we can do And I was like, oh, fucking genius. So I got to go do that. And then I got to go to Sundance out of it. It was like, I have like... Yeah. I, I think I it got edited down. I have like eight lines in the movie, if not, if that many. And I got fucking got to go to <laughs> I got to go to Italy, Sundance. You know, I got to meet so many fucking funny people. It, like it, I was like the small one time I was performing at a after party for a music festival and got to like hang out with the Mumford and Sons and <laughs> and go, hang out with all these like really cool bands, Heim, the Alabama Shakes. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was so rad. And it was like just kind of being backstage and performing late night at like the festival. And it was just like, oh, so cool. And my friend Neil Casey, uh, uh, actor, writer, he turned mm-hmm. to me and said, this is what we get to do because we're just a little bit funnier than other people. <laughs> and it was like the realest <laughs> shit ever. He's like, we're not m- huge deals. We're just like pretty funny and now we're ba- we're on the side of the stage watching Haim drum in unison like yeah this is fucking- <laughs> do their tiktok dance <laughs> yeah. i mean speaking uh, so, of Haim. yeah yeah totally. i know yeah. i thought i thought i'd lob a little segue there for us yeah 
Uh, here's a movie that Speaking no of Joanna Newsom. Someone. Yes, Inherent Vice. We're talking about it because mm-hmm. it's NIF season. And it was Centerpiece uh, 2014. That's right. Yes. I feel like. We, have we ever talked? I mean, we never we didn't do a licorice pizza episode. I don't know if we've talked PTA right. really. We haven't talked much about Paul Thomas Anderson. I've definitely not talked about this movie. So like, yeah. I, I maybe haven't said like this movie came out when I was sixteen, and so is just the most excited I have ever been for a movie in my life, yeah. and probably <laughs> ever will be. I remember like picking up the book. Yep. I, when it was announced and being like this guy's so cool uh and so yeah it for sure is like it's it it looms very large but yeah i've seen it a few times since then maybe it it, it might have came up when we did our best of the decade episode oh maybe yeah very um, early yeah, yeah, I mean, I also read like half of Inherent Vice when this movie was coming out, and that was a period in my life where I was not reading books. That was when <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't read much in high school either. I was like, <laughs> "This, I've got to read." Yeah. I remember in high school, I would do that all the time. Like, hear about a movie I want, and mm-hmm. then jam the book. That's how I jammed down Fight Club in like sure, yeah. my, in high school, or maybe that was even early college for me. I forget. Mm-hmm. But I jammed down uh, Fight Club, and then read like everything else by Chuck Palahniuk after that. A very yeah. dangerous time for that yeah, yeah. yeah for <laughs> <laughs> the uh i i think yeah i had the same experience as jesse just i'm three three years older um but right. we did i had like a playlist on youtube of every clip that they had put out like <laughs> anticipating the movie and uh now I, why I were remember... you so amped about it if i could ask both jesse well, and colin right. because of pta like, yeah, or because yeah. of... it must be partially because like i had seen the master and i liked it i maybe i may i maybe had like seen magnolia and boogie nights at that point would have been yeah. why probably yeah. And, like, Phoenix was also on, like, such a hot streak at that time where it, there was, like, three or four years where it was, like, every movie he was in was an absolute heater. Uh, yeah. And then he worked with yeah. Woody Allen. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. I think I'll I can... pull it off a little yeah. bit. <laughs> I, I think I can pinpoint it in that due to me getting into sports, like, when I was, like, a teen or whatever... I was a big reader of Grantland.com. Yeah. And Inherent Vice sure. basically it like made Grantland.com for like six months straight. That is yeah. basically anything <laughs> on their culture side that they could post about is the films of Paul Thomas Anderson and Thomas Pynchon. So I was just like <laughs> very much ingrained that I needed to uh-huh. be excited for Inherent Vice. Yeah, yeah that was for sure. Definitely a, just like a PTA fan through, uh, I mean, when There Will Be Blood was coming out, my brother, who's older than me, bought oil, like the Upton Sinclair book that it's like <laughs> oil exclamation point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like barely an Everyone, <laughs> Yeah. Every generation and, uh, will have their Y'all book know that me. They buy I'm an oil man. Paul Thomas yeah. Anderson is making it. And I and it was yeah. like just being aware of like the Oscars like at that age and like knowing No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood as movies to see and then getting into like Boogie Nights and mm-hmm. uh the the rest of them. Uh, and like saw the master in the theaters, I had a, and obsessed yeah. with that movie as well. Like at yeah. the time, and then the uh, master, the master was the one PTA I never, I didn't see. And I mean, I saw Boogie Nights in the theater in high yeah. school. I was like fifteen that or something insane. like that. <laughs> it yeah. was awesome. Yeah. And then uh, the first time, and this is maybe a little 
TMI for a podcast, <laughs> but the first time my now wife, then college girlfriend, uh, went down on me was while we were watching Boogie Nights. <laughs> and I swear to God, this is, I, I hand to fucking God, uh, when she pulled down my pants is when Amber Wave says, now that's a huge cop. <laughs> but we both laughed because that statement without getting too into too much detail, was ironic for our situation. <laughs> but we both li- literally, and that was the first, I mean, that was 20-something years ago, and now we're still yeah. together, but that was, a, that was a very wild moment. So I've always had a personal connection to people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think... No, I, I did, that is the one of his that I saw in a theater for the first time. I think it was uh, AFI showed it here. And yeah, oh, cool. I was like, this is the most awesome movie I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah I think was... I think I've told this story before of when I was 14 and being like, you know what? I'm going to get into movies. And then on my laptop, I saw The Godfather, Goodfellas, and Boogie Nights like three nights <laughs> yeah. straight. And yeah. being like, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Get, that's how you get in. <laughs> being like, yeah, I don't think I get The Godfather, but I'm sure this is good. Uh, Boogie Nights <laughs> yeah. is rad. Uh, I mean, yeah. Boogie Nights is like, I haven't watched it in so long. I used to watch all of his movies like every year. Um, and it's, it's just, it's so radical. I think it's, it's one that is like, it's popularity doesn't help it. Obviously it's like a, mm-hmm. the big Lebowski or whatever, but it's just so right. Yeah. The it's, it's even better than you can imagine. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you think because it's so ubiquitous and people like it yes, so much exactly. that there might be, eh, it might be something yeah. a little wrong with it. But I, I watched it at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery here in L.A. last summer with a huge crowd presented yeah. by John C. Riley. All oh. of L.A. people dressed in like 70s porno trash. It was fucking and it was electric like the screening was ele- yeah. and like you're in a field in beach chairs and like it's not like you know it's not perfect sound and all that but people went fucking ape shit it holds uh, I-, I think now also working in entertainment and making art the movie carries like a whole nother like subtext mm-hmm. i mean a subtext you kind of pick up on but once you are like making stuff with my friends yeah. and yeah and like like it starts to feel like boogie night because it is low rent in the beginning then it gets big mm-hmm. and some of your friends change and like all this shit there's so many yeah. parallels and i just never had picked up on that until this screening last year yeah, yeah. i mean boogie nights might be one of the movies i've seen the most uh speaking of grantland again the boogie nights oral history is like one yes. of the articles mm. on, the, on the internet i've read the most that i have like <laughs> memorized all the stories from that's like <laughs> Very rad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, this this all leads to like in 2014 when Inherent Vice is coming out. Like, I'm so aware that there's a yeah. new PTA coming out, and like the second New York Film Festival puts out their yes. trailer, I was it's, like the say, first time exactly. we have footage yeah. from Inherent Vice. It was like a was very so early. Like, <laughs> this is a reason to pay attention to film festivals. Yes. Is their their trailer has the first footage from Inherent Vice? Yes. Oh yeah. Which was oh. it was it was crazy. They held on to it for that long. And I think but, it's yeah. like the clip of Owen Wilson. When he is like in the Last Supper pose, and yes. then it's also uh, walking like on the ground, or when the cop bumps him and his hat flies off. Yes, <laughs> that great, that great game. But yeah, just like so excited to see it come out. I was living like in Alaska at the time. I saw it at a the theater that was far away. I had to go to a Cinemark because it wasn't playing at my AMC. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, I've uh, we've been talking for about twenty minutes uh, off pod before off mic before this. 
I now know a few things about you, Colin. One, that you've lived in Germany and Alaska. Yes. You're, uh, <laughs> I'm just like in my head just being like, I don't even want to ask any more follow-ups. No, yeah, things, I mean, I- <laughs> this is the burden of my life is that I've moved every four years since I've been alive. <laughs> so it's maybe a, a problem that is being unpacked <laughs> currently. Well, as long as you can take movies with you and yeah, in exactly. your heart, that's all that matters. The yeah. first time watching There We Blood on an iPod video in 2007. <laughs> I want There Will Be Blood on an iPad. That's, I mean, nope. that's the iPod nope. video. It was truly, or it was, it was the Nano, the first one, like the little square guy. Mm. Oh, hell yeah. I, I watched that at um, Cobble Hill Cinemas in Brooklyn on Court sure. Street, the, the $6 theater, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I, I don't even like, think that's one of my favorites, even though it, it it's so funny. Like yeah. PTA, PTA is got, he's got a style, but his uh, his content is a uh, or the content of the films, the the narratives are eclectic enough that you can yeah. be yeah. like, I'm a huge fan, but I really like the Master and Hair Advice and Magnolia and Boogie. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I mean, I, I'm a gambler too, so Heart Eight I've always mm. liked. Heart Eight, uh, I the scene in Heart Eight where he explains to him like the system of cashing in and cashing back out to like fill up the points on the card is, is I think one of the best scenes he's directed and it does not get the credit <laughs> because like Philip Baker Hall is obviously selling that script yeah. for all it's worth. And like you, you get a guy like that, he, just, he elevates. Yeah. When I, w- when I watched Hard Day for the first time, I had a friend doing a similar scam at a casino in my hometown <laughs> where he was uh, awesome. playing a lot of blackjack and then <laughs> convinced, trying to convince me that it all made sense financially, that he would throw down a hundred dollars <laughs> on a blackjack table every week. <laughs> yeah. the, uh... Okay, man. Well, let catch me up in at the end of the semester. Let me know how you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think like, and Hair Advice, it plays Niff, comes out later that year. I don't know. Well, do you know, Jesse, how aware were you of the response at the time? I feel like it was. I, I mean, for as, sure, I was. I remember the it did not play especially well at New York yeah. Film Festival is my memory. I was like, but like everything people were saying about it, I was like, yeah, that sounds like the book. It sounds like he just this, did it, which is exactly is what it is. Yeah. We were talking about. I had read the book before yeah. seeing it just because I was so excited. Yeah. And it does sort of give you like a cheat code to the movie where it's yes. like, you know what all is going to happen in a way. And he does sort of like with a few exceptions of like segments of the book that are don't make it to the movie. Right. It is a pretty faithful adaptation. And like the yeah. just being able to like come in on its level and not like the subterfuge of it or whatever and how people were just like this thing is impenetrable never really happened to me and i was like felt very lucky that i was like i already get to enjoy this movie which this is like this is the the pta that i think i've seen the most even though like phantom thread is a classic new year's eve watch love phantom thread boogie nights is the one i've seen the most probably uh magnolia second and then this third and this i don't even really watch i mean i guess it is a PTA movie, but that's not what gets me to turn it on in a weird yeah. way. Like it's more, I said it like a little bit at the beginning, but this movie really can wash over you in a vibes way. And I'm a 40 year old stoner who lives in Southern California. So mm-hmm. like there's some elements in the, and like his doc's life, that world is like so intriguing to me. Like that appeals to me and not just like, cause beautiful women go down on each other in front of you and all that <laughs> stuff. Like there's so much, 
Like just the idea of living like that, like that yeah. hippie lifestyle, that SoCal lifestyle, is, the beach lifestyle has always appealed to me. And then seeing it shot by PTA, acted by Joaquin, and and it's a, a movie I won't watch if I'm trying not to smoke weed that day. Because I was not <laughs> intending to smoke weed last night when I put it on. <laughs> but then I'm just like watching him spark J after J, and I'm like, oh, yeah, fuck yeah. this. I guess I'm doing it now. <laughs> it really, it does, it's sort of like when you watch Mad Men. It's like, I should start smoking. <laughs> right. right like, it looks so cool. <laughs> By the time um, you're on season three of your rewatch, you're sitting in like a three-piece suit with like a snifter yeah, and yeah. a cig every night. <laughs> yeah. Avoiding my family. Uh, <laughs> your yeah. second family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't even get me started. The uh, we um, yeah, I mean all the all the, the the scenes of him writing like the get well sooner like Shasta come home in the joint is so I, I love that stuff so much. I think it's it is like so such awesome. a romantic movie in its in its way. Smoking wood like, has to be some of the worst weed of all time, probably. Yeah, like if you actually. What did what they it? call it? Like seedless Hawaiian when they're like, yeah, that's like yes. the bonus. <laughs> it's like yeah, the, the top shelf thing. I, I'll give yeah. you a pound of an ounce of seedless Hawaiian, and like yeah, it's definitely swag or bushweed, whatever yeah. the uh, the uh, slang you got anyone uses for it. It's definitely that. But at the top, like that's why these guys can like spark twelve in a row. But then later on, he fucking gets hit with the laced joint, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The ad- acid will whatever. take you to the door. PCP, PCP yeah. will open it and put you through and shut yeah. it behind you. That guy. <laughs> the crazy, the guy who's so big that his voice like has to be five <laughs> octaves lower than a human's. Right. Like yeah, crazy. he's got too much of an echo built into yeah. his chest. Yeah. His Puck Beaverton. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is name. for sure. Sh- that's what, even if you don't like absorb any of the book reading it, it is is just like oh yeah all of these names are familiar <laughs> so i'll remember them yeah like, yeah and yeah. that guy was an mma fighter keith jardine that i remember him sense. from the the ultimate fighter reality show on spike way back wow. in the day that's crazy uh, yeah. yeah i mean this He's movie it's a, it's a great collection of guys this movie just oh, a lot of yeah. people in there i mean we need to talk brolin who i think needs to give it, we need to, he needs his flowers for giving maybe the funniest performance of the 2010s <laughs> like <laughs> yes I cannot stop saying Moto Panakaku. Yeah. Like that that sequence is so I the whole dynamic between Doc and uh yes. what's his name? Beef or whatever. Uh Bigfoot. 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 Beef. Yes. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, yes. Bigfoot Bjornson. Uh, yeah, the whole dynamic between the two of them is so intriguing and yeah. it's so funny and they're weird like uh dark reflections of each other in this way. And he is fucking magnetic on screen. He yeah. looks as dumb as possible. and I mean, he's still handsome. He's an objectively handsome guy. But he <laughs> looks so stupid with his flat top, and, and he's yeah. always eating or drinking in a gross I way. I mean, the, the, the scene of him the first time we get him with a frozen banana, and he's, like, gagging on it is truly so crazy. <laughs> I could not, like, it's one of those things people talk about, like, Steven Soderbergh made Jay this like huge movie and no one really cared about it. And he's like, well, then I'm retiring. And it's like, Josh Brolin does this. And he's like, no one cared. I guess I'll just be Thanos and like Deadpool's friend or whatever. I'll just cash my checks. Because he is fucking so good in he's, this. Yeah. That, and it is a real collection. The fact that Eric Roberts has like three yes. lines yeah. and one scene is fucking unreal. To, like, I forgot. 
a few people I forgot were in this movie on this viewing. Eric Roberts was one of them, and that was like a very mm-hmm. exciting moment for me. Yeah. To be like, oh yes, dude. Yeah. And uh, the uh, uh, the guy who passed away, uh, Omar, like, Michael Kenneth yes. Williams. Yes, Michael Kenneth Williams. I great. forgot he was in this too. Yeah, oh. I, I forget Reese Witherspoon is in it every time I watch it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a weird one. And yeah. maybe like my f- one of my favorite characters in the movie. Sure, like Penny, that's yeah, the yeah. It's DA, such an un- keeps setting him up. <laughs> it's such an understandable <laughs> dynamic though, too, of like uh, the lawyer chick who's into like the creep who's like you know like it's mm-hmm. such a real relationship of like you better wash your fucking feet yeah over. you know like yeah. she's she's attracted to him she smokes dope with him but she like she needs to keep her like the world needs to know mm-hmm. that they're keeping their distance yeah the uh the scene of brolin at the uh at the very end where he comes in he kicks the door down and eats all of his yeah. weed is <laughs> it's, it's such a crazy bit of physical performance and like just yeah. watching him watching Joaquin like tears fall from his eyes is so so funny yeah that's crazy because yeah. also before he he's, he takes a hit from the joint and before right. he eats the rolling tray he they speak in unison yeah <laughs> yes. and the whole so movie funny. they're getting they're connecting a, getting mm-hmm. a little closer and closer till at the end they're literally saying the exact same thing yeah. so I think that that dark reflection shit is they're both looking at each other like shit am I you that's bad like and it's it's kind of a fun dynamic that the visual of him just pouring and like rolling yes, papers all, and falling, out, nuts, of his falling yeah. out, out of his face is so fucking funny. Little mad. Second only also. to Moto Panakaku. Yeah. And he just kept yeah. screaming that. It's so. F- and thinking he's being charming. Like, you know, yes, like his vibe so is like, they love it. Here. And they're all like, hey, give him more pancakes or whatever. <laughs> they call yeah. me a Renaissance detective. Yeah, Renaissance. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff with him on the TV is also so good. Yes. At the very beginning <laughs> when he's like so leaning stupid. in. Yes. Yeah. That and when they when they reveal that he's an extra and he's in that one scene, just kind of yeah. like yeah, <laughs> yeah, mugging <laughs> the camera. <laughs> he, uh, I also like just speaking to their dynamic and uh, all the great little check-ins of him calling on the phone, like the first time when he calls in and he's like Shasta's gone and he's like freaking out he's like she's gone baby man he's just like <laughs> fucking with him for no reason and then at the end like the the wife getting on the call and just like yes. being a total like whipping him into shape and brolin just crumbling next year is so funny uh the, the eric roberts it's i was very surprised like i've seen this movie so many times and watching uh his scene i was just like that is eric roberts he really is like just one little part of this but he has like mm-hmm. this emotional weight and he he sells yeah. it i think like his because he's true, got like, one of those he's got like the godot like every like yeah they yes. talk about him so much that he get and so it's like perfect casting in that way because you don't want to be like deflated by who you eventually reveal yeah. as the person so it works in that method but it's also really funny because just like goodbye hippie man or whatever and that's like yeah. his main line like that's so funny we've been waiting to meet him this whole time and that's the entire sequence with yeah <laughs> and like uh, i also i mean the way that it's just uh everything at the chris Kyladon incident is so funny when the uh, oh I mean, yeah it, it just everything the way that it the movie rewards like all the things that it sets up at the beginning like starts there and i think it's just it's it's so it's so good the uh, he's he's wolfman Michael yeah mickey wolfman, wolfman. <laughs> mickey yes. wolfman so fucking funny <laughs> yeah i mean that is like of all the things that thomas pynchon is great at no one will ever be as good at coming up with names as he is the one yep. that 
uh, stuck out to me that isn't even a person you meet. I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, Michael Kenneth Williams' character mentions him as one of his prison buddies as Sledge Poteet. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sledge Poteet. I mean, Glenn Sherlock and then Clancy yeah. Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, all the names rule. Uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Root, Doctor Rudy, yeah, Rudy Blatnoid. Yes, yeah. I mean, short. Again, just like one of these, just all the way that every sort of one scene performance pops so much. His yeah. is so excellent. <laughs> He's like the one person I didn't forget was in this movie, just because sure. yeah, I like I will never forget when Martin Short appears in anything. But mm-hmm. I loved so much. Uh, uh, wait, there was one other uh, funny name, uh, Prussia. Uh, oh, Adrian Prussia, yes. Adrian Prussia, like, yeah. Prussia, like that's bets. such a... F- <laughs> the scene at the beginning where he, uh, Brolin and uh, Benicio first interact is also... Benicio incredible. is so good. Yeah. I feel that it, that's the one character that, to my memory, there's, like, a little more of in the book, and I'm like, uh, if there could be, like, two more of his scenes, <laughs> that's, like, yeah. the only thing the movie's missing. It is funny to see Benicio del Toro play a lawyer to a drug addict guy who's doing an investigation. It seems to be his wheelhouse uh, based on fear and loathing and this. Yeah. Sure, yes. Mm-hmm. I On this viewing, I really appreciated uh, Hong Chao's performance yeah. yes. as Jade. And I fell, I fell in love with Hong Chao when I saw The Menu last year. Uh, wow. She's so good as that... Uh, the fucking chef de cuisine or whatever goes fucking sure. shit. She's so mm-hmm. talent. She's so electric on camera. And then in this, I'm like, she's this weird kind of like beautiful feminine energy, but is also like a, a reminder of how fucked up the world is the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, well, someone knocked you out while I was going down on Bambi. <laughs> like, it's like, that's yeah. the world we all decided to live in. Mm-hmm. And then, the flyers, like when it, he flips it over, and it's like all the sex shit is like forty eight ninety five for fucking two women or whatever. Yeah. Like the way the, it's all broken down. Yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. so fucking funny. Yeah, it's, yeah, she is. I don't know if you saw uh, showing up. She's also so yes. good in that the Michelle Williams movie. Uh, I that did Kelly not. Baker did that one? Oh, she yeah. is a great vibe. That sounds good. Japonica, another weird yes, name that Japonica just came yes. away. <laughs> I mean, Shasta Fay Hepworth. Oh, right. Shasta. Yeah. Totally forgot. Dr. I mean, li- literally, I am on the cast list right now, and every single name is insane. Like, do you, any of you know what Benicio Toro's character yeah, name is? It's Sancho Smilax. Smilax. Or Slimax. Sancho Smilax Esquire. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, this is like. I don't know what, what it was just like at the perfect age for me to just fully be like imprinted by the book that the scene at the beginning where he's eating the pizza and there's like all the weird yes. stuff on it. I'm like, do people even know that those are supposed to be like marshmallows as they like call out in the book, this crazy pizza yeah. with all this, these stoners like just made this pie. And then uh, it's just like he get every detail right, but doesn't call attention to any of it. And well, I'm yeah, just, like, I mean, like so... I feel like in that for sure that first chapter of that book is so, super imprinted on me as well. And yeah. like he has to call out in the book the fact that Dennis's name rhymes with penis. Yes, I mean Dennis <laughs> is a great character. Yeah, some of the biggest laughs when he comes in with mm-hmm. the steering wheel and he's like, "I don't know how to drive." <laughs> it's so funny. Punk <laughs> <laughs> out. Uh, when they take her home from like 
the music party where he meets up with Owen Wilson, who's mm-hmm. also great. Um, Owen Wilson, yeah. The uh, and she's he's like, so what's the Golden Fang? It's a boat, and she's like, no, it's a fucking like it's a heroin like they're drug dealers. It's this whole like <laughs> yeah, it, like, yeah. You told me to avoid to you told me to avoid the Golden Fang. So why should I not get on this boat? And you're like, yeah. her. She's like, no, you fucking <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They call themselves a dentist, a dentist conglomerate at one point. Like it's yes. so funny, all that shit. Uh, I yeah, mean, that, yeah, it's a like, syndicate yeah. of dentists. <laughs> syndicate, yeah. right? Every yeah. like <laughs> that was the thing where I was like, oh sure, I get why uh, Rudy Blatnoid is in this now, finally, because I was like, oh, this is more of the vertical integration stuff that finally yeah. stuck this time that they're talking about. Yeah, realizing yeah. that they're like peddling the money in to get the, yes. the drugs to make the teeth go bad to yes. fill up that again <laughs> it's so crazy gabrus what's your do you have any relationship with thomas pynchon beyond inherent vice no as a matter of fact i didn't even like read didn't even like seek it out to read it read it when i was younger just sort of like oh i'm supposed to read a book like this and it didn't even like i'm ready to read it now and be and get it stuck with me and i had a friend on uh on my podcast who was uh hyping me up for pinching novels and so i bought a few of them so i have a i have a few over there that i'm gonna get through eventually uh but right now i'm reading the three body problem and that is uh taking taking some time it's a little dense for your boy i'm like i am like reborn into reading like i read so much in my teens and my 20s and then i moved to la and like the subway was removed from my life and i didn't realize how much i was uh, to be fair the subway was removed from my life at the same time there was a proliferation of podcasts and audiobooks and driving and the phone became like a beast and Instagram started popping off. Like all that stuff coincided at the same time. So I can't really point to what caused me to stop reading. Also, uh, recreational cannabis. A lot of things all came into play at once that might get in the way of reading. So now at 41, I'm fucking steering back into the skid and, and I'm setting my alarm to get up early in the morning to, so I can read while I drink my coffee without rushing. Like, that's the oldest man sentence I've ever said in my entire life. That and first thing in the morning, take my blood pressure pills or those like that's my whole life now. I'm fucking it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think I talked about Vineland a little on this podcast after mm-hmm. I read it, but it really stuck out to me. Uh, watching this movie now because it had been a little while that like because uh, Vineland was written like maybe 20 years before Inherent Vice and it oh, wow it it is set mostly during the Reagan era but there's a lot of flashbacks that are to this time and the stuff in that time is like very similar stuff going on the uh the main character and his uh, his wife are named Zoid and Frenesi, uh, and they have element a lot of elements both of um, Doc and Shasta and of Coy and Hope, the uh, the Owen Wilson and yes, Jenna Malone. Malone. But it's just so much darker because it's all like all, none of like the the Bigfoot stuff is all like. He he is like a bad guy, but like there's like stuff to like latch onto of like as like an actual person. Whereas the law enforcement in Vineland is all feds, and it's just like they're the most evil people in the world, yeah. and this is how they 
fucked everyone who was in any way subversive in the late 60s and it's it's we get so a touch much more uh, depressing doc to touches read. on those lines kind of frankly yeah. a few times like it obviously yeah. is in the movie the attitude that attitude but he straight up says it a few times and eh, a couple yeah. of hippie kids go to jail and whatever you know like right he calls it out a, a few times which is i uh, now you're making yeah. me want to read vineland too all right put it on the, it's, i gotta get on yeah because yeah. yeah like the the thing that happens at the end of uh bigfoot setting up with the heroine in the in that it it works out fine and a very similar thing you find <laughs> out eventually happens to the uh the guy in vineland that ends in him having to uh make a television appearance to uh show that he is still insane so that he can collect a government check every year <laughs> is how the book starts yeah yeah because i uh, similar to gabriel i guess different from gabriel's but i had pro before last year i had not read a book in like 12 mm -hmm. years since i was like in the eighth grade and i read the hobbit for a book report and then i just didn't read for 10 years and then last year i was like you know what i should start reading again and now I'm back in it. So I read Bleeding Edge right. this year. And that is another pension book that has some similarities to Inherent Bison. Uh -huh. That it's a, a similar, like, noir story where at the end mm -hmm. you're just like, mm -hmm. I guess that really didn't matter. And as long as everybody's fine, <laughs> it's okay, I guess. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like 9-11 yeah, like happened and everybody's like, I guess we just have to like stop doing what we're dealing with <laughs> yeah it yeah it also gets to be the uh the thomas pynchon book that mentions pokemon yes. yeah but it is like and taking on the modern be... world in his way is very yeah yeah if you mm -hmm. wanted to read a thomas pynchon book where he talks about the the jay-z nas beef for like two pages <laughs> yeah. then, then you should read <laughs> bleeding <awesome>. edge <laughs> yeah that's I mean, awesome yeah i yeah i guess those are the ones i've read and then also crying of lot 49 which is the sure, really yes, short the one i think i like yeah i went right into that after uh inherit that's vice, the one that's that i was also... recommended and i bought that and inherit vice for the reread that's and yeah that's also them. a yeah. similar vibe <laughs> and that's good to uh to, uh, Crying of Lot 49 is good to read before Vineland because there is a, a character from uh, Crying of Lot 49 who very briefly pops up in yeah. Vineland. Yeah, Crying of oh, Lot 49 cool. is what it's like in that 10 year period where I didn't read. It's like I did read, I did get halfway through a lot of books, mm -hmm. including Crying of Lot 49 yep. and like <laughs> House of Leaves and Inherent Vice. I just never finished them. And this yeah. is the year I decided to finish books. Hell but, yeah. Um, Big year I, yeah, for I mean, Emilio. I think we've, we've all read different amounts of Gravity's Rainbow, different right. numbers of times. We, we, we did try to do a group. We tried this summer, to, uh, and it didn't take. It just, it's, still. it's tough. It's tough to hop yeah. into that one. Um, I feel like Crying a Lot for Tonight would maybe be a good, like, get the momentum going back. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, for sure. Hop back into his, his style. They're, yeah. Just speaking on, like things that i got out of like a rewatch of inherited and full disclosure i did watch this movie twice last night um, <laughs> i stopped just watching it with emilio and i was like are you watching it again yeah we just we ran it back yeah. twice uh sure but the um wait you watch it with emilio yeah we we, we we've <laughs> uh established a sort of we can watch things as like we're both watching in our own houses yes. while we will yeah, right. comment on the movie yes. together. 
That is so fucking cute. Uh, and I don't mean that in, I don't mean that in like no, a dimin- diminutive way. Yeah, it's like no. absolutely precious. That's yeah, awesome. We, yeah. It's a great yeah, way I to watch know. movies with I, yeah. friends who don't like, live I think we, And I think we also all struggle with attention and just like, so, there have for sure been movies that I have just watched in total silence with another person yes. on the line so that I don't pause it. Yes. Right. Yeah. That that is something. Accountability. Just having yeah. someone there movie. with you yeah. makes you not pause it and open yeah. up another yeah. tab and be exactly. like, "Let me bang out this work thing. Let me order Postmates. Yeah. Let me look at my phone. Yeah." But yeah, I, I've yeah. I've seen this movie you know tens of times, and just rewatching it, I've always sort of underrated Greenwood score, which there's pieces mm. of it that have that have stuck with me and. I just always had considered it more of like a soundtrack movie, like something, yeah, like Boogie Nights. But rewatching right. it and just sort of, you know, being immersed in the audio of it and like, there, there, it's a really like consistent score that is consistently beautiful and I think obviously much more lush and like orchestral, yeah. which you wouldn't really expect. But then there's also uh, Amethyst, which is like the piece of music that they play at the end when uh, he he makes the deal with a Golden Fang trades the heroine mm-hmm. for Owen Wilson's like life and uh, picks him up at the Chris Skyladon Institute. And it has like th- this, this great Owen Wilson line reading where he's like, you're a dangerous hombre. And it's like straight out of Shanghai nights or something. <laughs> and you just, it's, it's a great little like Owen Wilson, another guy who sort of fell off in a way. And I think just a, a great use of him. But that moment when he's like, He's like, there's an ancient Indian saying of like, you save life, my life now, I, I, you owe me yours or whatever. And he's like, no, 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 you save yeah. your own life, you get to live it. And it's such a beautiful moment, I think. And they're like playing the score and it's swelling and it's like this touching bit of guitar. And I just, I, I really, yeah. really love that. I mean, I, that's that's my relationship <laughs> with Inherent Vices. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, this is like a fun farce. And then every time, subsequent time yeah. I watch it, I like yeah. almost cry at the Owen Wilson scene at the end. It's so like, this is like one of the most beautiful <laughs> things that anybody has ever done for another person. Well, it's so yeah. beautiful, but it's also really funny. Uh, Doc's reaction to... There's an there's an old Indian saying, "You saved yeah. my life, now I'm indebted to you." And he's like, "Oh no, no!" Like yeah. he's like, "I don't, I don't need I'm this shit." This like, yeah. 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 yeah, and it's so, and it is, t- it ends up being touching. But that first reaction of like, "No, no, 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 we're not doing this shit," is so funny and so real. After all the stuff he's done, he's like, "We should stay tied together in some capacity." He's like, "No, no, thank you." Yeah, yeah. yeah the, I mean, um, we haven't said we were talking about how funny Brolin is. Joaquin Phoenix, he's this like, it's a great. Performance dark brooding actor and it is he is so funny every yes. face and he makes physically is so funny yes, yes. physically funny fall. that's not easy man that shit yeah. that he's doing the the stumble he does when he shoots uh prussia after he bashes uh puck's head in the way he kind of gets the gun he's like and then it goes did i get you <laughs> like that is like <laughs> yeah that is fucking pure con- i mean even like the toilet lid into like like all the yes. shit he does. Yes. That whole sequence is like a good action sequence and very funny yeah. in like mm-hmm. three and strong beats. It's like yeah, he, he really does it. All the stuff with him, like he he plays this like he's mentally or like emotionally high status throughout the movie. Even though he is kind of dumb, he is cooler than everyone and less stressed. But he's physically demonstrated to be low status constantly in a way that is like he's on he's crouching on the ground he's getting his hat knocked down he's getting knocked he's getting knocked unconscious he's getting chained up he's getting tied up keeps just like coming to in these very dire situations in a way that is just like brilliant 
brilliantly demonstrated characterization of just like he's like i got the upper boom life is different for him now like immediately he, oh, he gets bumped by a cop loses his hat like all these small things keep happening to him that just end up fucking yeah. him over in such a great way i mean the best moment of that for me is one of the first times he does that when he's at the hong chow place and he gets knocked yeah. out where he falls yes, on a delay where he gets yes. and he like <laughs> yeah. he falls down like it was like a tom and jerry cartoon that's such a crazy yeah. Thanks yeah, that's a, that's a fucking great moment. Uh, I love uh, when he's at Wolfman's house talking to the wife and like the the yes. boy toy that are trying to like another great pinch on name. Uh, Riggs Warbling, I think, is like yeah, yes, the guy. Where he's like, nice to meet you, and he just goes pleasurable. <laughs> it's really uh, great stuff. But at, at, outside of their house, when he knows Bigfoot's there and he's trying to like sneakily walk out and jumps on the car. It's such a funny moment. And, like Roland picking him up and just dropping him and kicking him. Um, uh, and Luz is there. Is She's the one who's like bending over in front of him and like all that stuff. Man, the movie is is horny in such a specific way that it really works for me, where it's like horny, but like dangerous horny of like, this seems, even the moment when uh, Shasta like lays on him fully, like walks out nude, you're like, this is like so sexy. It's such a great scene. It's so, but it, there's something scary about it the whole time. Yeah. Like, what the it, fuck? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's like both dangerous and gross and still sexy. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I feel like that's true for a lot of stuff. Even like Jade and Bambi going mm-hmm. down on each other on the floor after he gets his head bashed. All the shit with Mrs. Wolfman at her house. Like, all the. I, and I love that that dude who enters frame is like a headless for like a chunk of the dialogue. Like that's so funny. We're just seeing his package, and then it's like all cops playing outside and shit. Like it's there's so much good shit in this. Uh, I forgot about all the the cop pool party. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned earlier the sort of threat of the uh, the feds in Vineland, and uh, yeah, he does the the Timothy Simons role, uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know right. the other guy, but they're both just like these. Stiff shirts that are so, uh, so funny and great, like foils for him to run into a couple of times, yes. and then even like the the cops that pull him over when he's with um, Japonica and Blatnoid and Dennis, mm-hmm. and they're just like uh, they they seem like so scared because <laughs> they're being told to warn about uh, be warned about like cults. It's like any gathering of people with men with shoulder length hair is considered a cult, <laughs> and then yes. the gun is like shaking. Yeah, he's so he's I, so nervous. <laughs> I also love that moment when Denise uh, or Dennis. Dennis says, yeah, yeah. "What did yeah. you just put under uh, Doc's chair?" And like, he's like, "Ah!" And you're like, and then the cops pull him <laughs> yeah. over like eight seconds later after he yeah. put like a yeah. fucking doctor's bag full of God knows what in there. I also yeah. the, the great moment uh, of Dennis where he's talking to the cop and he's like, "This is a Mercedes. It only comes in one color, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so funny. <laughs> yeah uh, that that is actually the big the biggest thing that is. I don't know if they ever shot it, but the the two feds are there's a a big sequence where he goes to Vegas to investigate the casino that Wolfman is involved in, and he runs into them there, and they've got a bunch of stuff there. Yeah, which oh, is that's... like, it, we, Tim Simons is so funny in it. And yeah. it would have Agent been nice Borderline and Agent too. Flatweed. Yes, Borderline <laughs> and Flatweed. Um, just a few other people. We've, got, we've touched basically everyone in the cast, but... Uh, I think Joanna Newsom mentioned up top. Oh yeah, incredible as sort of leads. Yeah, and like the moral compass and like all the sort of guidance that Doc needs at every all the right times. 
And I, I love like, that moment. She's like, it's a Greek word. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I, that's they, right. they, they've no, heard no. nine different yeah. explanations for it now. And it's like, like, yeah, she's tooth, just <laughs> an animal's tooth made of gold. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, oh, my, my memory from uh, when Paul Thomas Anderson was being interviewed around the time is that obviously he did shoot a lot of the like her being in cars and things. And it's not clearly there. But a lot of the, like, narration, which I think is mostly her reading straight from the book, yeah, he didn't come up with until he was editing and was like, we need more of her yeah. and just, like, more stuff in general. Yeah, and I've talked to multiple people who've been like, I've tried listening to the audiobook of Inherent oh Vice, and then I'm always dis- disappointed that it isn't Joanna Well, Newsom. it's sure. a little of that, but I think I maybe tried listening to part of it before I had seen the movie, and it is just, like, the guy sucks. Sure, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, a great little one scene, Jeannie Berlin, which, like, having yeah. the context now of, like, seeing her and, like, you know, the heartbreak kid or whatever and just knowing who she is beyond, like, someone who's going to be an inherent vice when I saw the yeah, trailer. Yeah, that was, that was before, like, the last, like, four or five <laughs> years she's been doing more stuff, but I feel like... At that point, like, the last thing she'd done was Margaret, and she hadn't done anything in forever before then, and she didn't do anything else for another, like, five, six years. So, yeah, it's crazy that she's just in it for 30 seconds. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, but you have just, like, these sort of small legends, like her and, like, uh, Martin Donovan is great as the the Crocker Fenway at the very end, his negotiation with Joaquin. Oh, right, right, right. And it's, like, this guy who, you know, is a legend of, like, these Hal Hartley independent cinema. And, like, he yeah. is in uh, Insomnia, and now Tenet. Yeah, he's he's a Nolan yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I he I always get him and the dude uh, from the Mission Impossible movies. I always get those two guys. Oh, sure. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I forget that actor's name. And even the character's name is not coming to me right now. Uh, he plays Oscar- Kittredge, right? Kittredge, yeah. Yes. That act, I get those two guys conflated. And uh, Tracy Letts kind of falls into that category sure. of like authoritative white older men who yeah. bring some Stern sort of, yeah. voice. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, Martin Donovan works, man. He he. I just watched uh, The Lioness and he plays uh, Nicole Kidman's husband in it. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's right. Nicole Kidman's in a Paramount Plus series. What, what the fuck? <laughs> like, the world is different. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that scene also leads to one of, like, Joaquin's funniest line reads where he's like, someone like you loses respect the, the minute they pay rent. <laughs> and he's like, you want to dive with me? <laughs> it's like, it's such a funny little... And I feel like... There's a legendary, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson on Mark Marin when this was coming out, and he was like doing all this press for it, where he just goes through every single one of his movies and is like, "This is what this one's about." <laughs> like, this is like what I did, what I was making it for, and I, uh, I have the. Go ahead. The P- the PTA on Mark Marin interview uh, has one of the most touching stories I've ever heard, and it it's PTA saying how he's not, he's like, I'm not gay, but I fell in love with a man the first time I saw Philip Seymour Hoffman perform. And mm-hmm. the way he talks about it, he's like, I had to like think about what my body, my mind was going through. Like the way he just discusses it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that is such a fucking touching, beautiful tribute to someone. And P- PSH mm-hmm. fucking rocks in his movies. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think so I, fucking, he, I, I remember that he's like, uh, I saw him, and the thought I had was, "He's for me, and I'm for him," <laughs> which yes! is just really beautiful. Um, yeah, 
but the, but there's a great uh, a great little anecdote about inherit vice where he's like joaquin's a fucking mumbler he doesn't get any of his dialogue out <laughs> but he had that scene with martin donovan and he like got his act together and like made sure every line was coming out right so, it's, like, really funny. And, he, and there's also he's like joaquin smokes so much that it got me back to smoking <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I want to re-listen to that. I just yeah. listened to four different Mark Marin director interviews. I, I uh, like old ones. I haven't listened to um, uh, what WTF in so long, but I just listened to Schrader, Michael Mann, and uh, someone else who's forget who I'm forgetting currently in this moment. But I, I'm go- now I'm going to go do PTA again and a few more. Uh, yeah, I remember Todd Haynes being a great one. I think it was when Carol came out that he was on. Oh hell yeah! Uh, yeah, look- and there's a great one with uh, Kelly Reichardt. If you end up watching Young, oh yeah, they uh, they have like a lot of old like '90s Boston connections or whatever. What what's Kelly Reichardt's most recent movie? Uh, show Showing up is up the one that. The uh, oh, that's one we were uh, just talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, first cow kind of pop first cow. That was the one before. Yeah, that's that's the one. Certain I, women. I know her name from. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that makes sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The wardrobe, I mean, there's so much shit to talk about in this movie, but the wardrobe does so, like, it, it works so fucking well. Like, everyone looks so cool. Like, everyone looks so cool that Bigfoot and uh, and people who aren't supposed to look cool stand out as not looking cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would think, like, yeah. in that last scene with Bigfoot, he has such a, like, low-key crazy outfit on where he has, like, a weird grayish suit with, like, a yellow sh- undershirt and then mm-hmm. like a polka dot pink tie. It's like str- yeah. a very strange combination, mm-hmm. especially for him. Um, you saying tie like- made me realize I forgot about the tie bit that they all have. Yes. Like I mean, the, in the way that women pays on- off with yeah. Puck Beaverton when he's got the Shasta yes. one on it. It's just rolling up and down. <laughs> Such yeah. a trip. The uh, yeah, I mean the clothes. Are incredible. The, yeah, uh, that I mean, I I remember because I you know, this was also kind of at the peak of me actually caring about what the Oscars did, and I remember <laughs> thinking like, oh, no one likes this movie. I love it, but it's not going to get anything. But it it got the screenplay nomination. Yeah. But then they did also nominate the costumes as the yeah. one other nomination it got. Oh, deservingly so. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. I feel like I mean so many great sort of just denim shirts and like khaki pants yeah. and socks or whatever like or bare feet even yeah it's just a great oh, so much bare feet that sequence when they call the howdy doper and then they're like <laughs> sprinting in the rain and in shoes oh, and yeah. like i mean a beautiful scene that's the another one board that's just, into yeah. like the number into them just like connecting in the rain it was like that's just yeah. so gorgeous neil young yeah. playing young. it's perfect yeah. yes yeah. yes a great soundtrack i mean the, the first trailer yeah. when you get the here come the ho dads i it was just like burned into my brain and yeah then, i remember uh, the first time i saw this movie i didn't like it as much as i do now but i do remember like when vitamin c hits that first yeah. time i was like oh this I is mean, the greatest movie ever made this is like yes, everything yeah. movies need to be just like him PTA walking around has a few of those for me where it's like i yeah. remember specifically in phantom thread that first scene where you see him like driving through the countryside and it's like this crazy mounted shot on the back of his car just like sinking in my seat like what am i watching and then the same mm-hmm. thing happening when like inherent vice and bright lights pops up in yeah. tune with uh the vitamin c it's just it's so perfect 
Wow. Yeah, Can is like an all time great uh, be- getting turned onto a band by a movie. They, sure, they've, yes. They've put out some live recordings more recently uh, that of stuff that's most that's all instrumental. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Cola, when you were talking about uh, that Marin interview and he was talking about all his movies, I do. I should listen to that because I have always had like. I've sort of been developing this theory about his career and just, like, the way it's, like, split up, where I think There Will Be Blood and all the movies before that, those are all family movies. Those are all about, like, these are Mm. movies about a person finding another person and being, like, this person fundamentally needs this other person or if not, they're going to break down. Like, people need other people. We need to make these connections or if not, this whole thing is going to break down. That's, like, what... Heart Aid and Boogie Nights, and uh, especially um, mm-hmm. Punch Drunk Love Punch is about. Love. Yeah, right. And then I think the second half of his career, my theory on it is that they're all, of, not to use a two-buddy phrase, but they're all these movies about, like, sort of being, like, explaining why people fall into toxic relationships and how there's, mm-hmm. like, sort of a nice thing about them. Like, the master, <laughs> like, the master is, like, sometimes people... is exactly what you just yeah, described. Right. Yeah. But even, like, the master... The master's like, you know, sometimes people need cults. You know, sometimes a guy's sure. crazy. <laughs> right. he, 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 yeah, he uh, needs this to be tethered to the yeah, world. Um, um, licorice pizza is about, like, literally nobody is willing to treat this woman like a woman except a 16-year-old boy. So now they're in this weird relationship. And then Inherent, <laughs> Inherent Vice is, like, one of the best examples about it. Where it's yeah. That's kind of, like, it's sort of beautiful to, like, pine over your ex-girlfriend who doesn't love you anymore. You know? It's like, the, there's a beauty in that. Even if that's, like, a very bad thing to fall into. It's a very bad thing to fall into, but it, like, leads to him doing one of his good deeds and, like, and an adventure. Like, the motivation behind it is, it's, like, you're right, like, he shouldn't be, but it leads him down a path that is just so rich and and gets, he gets so much out of. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think the other thing is, like, all of his movies, in a way, are also about these, like, idealists or, like, wishful thinkers who, they, they call out Doc a few times for being, like, too sentimental about like what's gonna happen and like mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> right. you, you think about you know Dirk Diggler's just like this kid who's mm-hmm. obsessed with the idea of movies and is like so excited by it and then you know burnt out and like Daniel Plainview has the same ideas about his oil <laughs> right right yeah that's why but, yeah. it's part of why it's gonna be it, it if Vineland is what he's doing it will be a strange thing to like do in the opposite order because like inherent vice when you're if you're reading them in the order they came out it functions as this nice like it's not a happy book but it is it ends in a place that like has some nice things which is this nice sort of you know maybe just like old man being like well there was also some nice stuff and so then go back to the just like this was all so (laughs) fucked and we will never get unfucked yeah, I think there is there is a bit of romanticism with it of just like yeah. the idea of being a PI on the beach in the seventies. Yes. There is something it's like indelible to it, but also like you're right. saying all all the bad that comes and like with yeah. it, being right, in that, that world. world. Like, <laughs> yeah, and like the you know like whatever relationship him and Chester have reached at the end is like this is still not good, but the, you do get the the genuine niceness of koi getting to go back yeah Yeah, i mean it's a very romantic idea that i think i've always like 
sort of fallen in love with when a story or a movie is about that, especially like in Westerns, which is this like guy who shows up and is just like gonna help a person out selflessly. Like they don't want any mm-hmm. money. They're just here yeah. to like make sure the cogs of the right things in the world are here to like turn and people help each other out. And that's uh, what's sort of beautiful about that. If, like yeah, this that, is that line at the end with Owen Wilson always gets me, where it's like you yes. saved your own life, now you get to live, and it's then just walking away from yeah. from it. Where and this like, is like <laughs> the thing of like how it so was sort of roundly rejected at the time of like yeah. people who were just like this is impenetrable, I can't get into this. It's like just give it a chance. <laughs> like there's so much beauty it in is. it that is hard to ignore. I feel right. I mean, the other thing is like I do maybe it doesn't help that much, but the the thing to sort of keep in mind is like. Anytime someone says a thing that's happening that sounds crazy, it is just what's happening. Yes. Like, it's all, just rarely these proper nouns right. that are so like yes. out of nowhere. Like if you yeah, just it's like the, it's like the, the lexicon thing. of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it, all of this stuff that like sounds like a conspiracy is just people saying what's going yeah. on. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. You just get also, open your third eye. <laughs> if you watch it and don't get the story. Yeah, it's not. It, yeah, the pleasures a, are beyond that. It right, looks how it looks. It sounds. I, it looks, <laughs> yeah, it's. So I have funny. the superpower that I could go like, I don't think I'm getting this movie, and and not let it overwhelm me, and I could finish it and be like, oh, I never got it, <laughs> or like, or like, oh, I I think I ended up getting it, and like, I can enjoy it without getting it. I, I know some people in my per, in my personal life, like my wife, is just like wait, who's that? And I'm like, I don't know. And uh, and she's like, you don't know? And I'm like, well, I'm not, I don't care. I guess if it's my real uh, honest answer is like, I'll, and I love confusing movies and uh, mysteries and thrillers and complex. I love all that shit. I love Chris Nolan movies. And I think part of my enjoyment of it is, is like, if I, like I watched Tenet once. I was like, that was a pretty good movie. Then I watched Tenet again. And I was like, I fucking love this movie. Like, like uh, that shit. Like I, 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 I'm okay. I can go. So the, I think the first time I watched Inherent Vice, I didn't, I didn't even care what was going on. Uh, you know, getting high and, along with Doc doesn't help necessarily. But I made it through the whole thing being like, who gives a fuck what happened? That rule. The music was cool. People were good looking. It was funny. It was it, everything looked f- sharp as fuck. Like it, it was cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's part of what I like about what what I've come to like about when I write film criticism is that like when I had that experience of like, I don't really get this, but there's something going on. Like it based like it always baffles me when people write negative reviews of things because I just like take it as an opportunity to write myself into like finding the way into it, and like oh, it just yeah. like makes me like movies better usually. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. occasionally something is so rough that you can't do that, but. Something could be so rough if I find something I like in it. I like I can take yeah. that with me on the road and 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 you know have a conversation where I'm like, yeah, I thought it was kind of boring at times, but this sequence got me, or like this performance was like I can I can hold both of those thoughts. Some people are just like, ah, it's garbage, and yeah. it's like out. And I'm like, well, if I'm gonna commit to watching the movie, I'm gonna find yeah. moments I like. I'm gonna yeah. sit in them. Yeah, yeah. I think that like. Going back to me not reading books for 10 years. <laughs> um, yeah, about I, that. We've been meaning yeah. to have this intervention, Amelia. <laughs> <laughs> there was this, I think for a long time I had this block where I'm a very distracted person. I have like mm-hmm. some sort of low level ADHD and I like struggle to like so 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Str- struggle to like stay with books and just like sometimes I would read like a page or two of a book and then be like, did I just did I pick up on anything there? Mm-hmm, and then I think yeah. part of me actually starting to read and finish books now has been like, you know what? I don't need to get 100 percent of what's here. I can just make my way through it and I can get what I get. And if I like what I'm reading at the moment, then that's fine. I don't yeah. need to, yeah. I mean, I don't it's need like, to have a know. mental Rolodex and a perfect picture of everything that's happening in a book. And that's the right. Thing. Right. Well, yeah. especially with watching a movie, because sometimes you're like you could be confused in one minute and then be like, well, I trust PTA. I'll understand. Yes. I'll know what's going on by the end. Of the- and if not, then it wouldn't be important. Like, yeah, that's, you can, like, like, yeah. That's, the, that's the experience of me watching movies with my friends. It's just like for a scene of the movie, my friend leans over to me and be like, who is this guy? And I was like, the movie just started. I'm sure <laughs> yes. It will explain yeah, what is happening at this point. Like yeah. my wife will always go like, is this based on anything? And I'll be like, <laughs> like what, yeah, what does it, it matter? Is, yeah. It is also a cool thing about like whatever, especially <laughs> with like books or movies, like just like being more engaged with like the form of it is like you can just like go stretch it and be like, I'm just going to look at the things that are happening or read how the words are connecting to each other in a moment. Right. And that can be interesting too. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, un- unless we have... I- any final thoughts on uh, I, inherent, inherent vice? I got through maybe most just of them. a motu panakaku. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe the final one, one where he like gets it out as angry as he can be because <laughs> he yeah. was bested yeah. by Doc is so funny. I also uh, isn't it true? Also true that that's not like real Japanese at all. That that's no, like, no, he's that's just being yeah, he's yeah, just being no. an idiot. I mean, he's just yeah. being racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's just perfect Brolin uh, bozo. But the. Uh, the thing that I remember otherwise about seeing this in theaters is there was like one other guy in the theater cackling every time they would say, what's up dog. And I was like, Hey man, I feel like you are missing so much other jokes. That is not the funniest they have to offer. Just getting caught up in that is really yeah. funny. I'm like, man, that's so fun. If you have a character named doc, you can do this the whole time. And you're like, the fuck man <laughs> there's so much more going on here <laughs> i think there's an element of people who uh I, I know for me like uh like chuckling or giggling is sure, like sure, a, yeah. a nervous reaction mm-hmm. but some people are like like i think this is funny and i'm like i'm like do you though like or are you just like doing mm-hmm. some sort of performative i'm not scared at all or i'm totally get what's going i find every once in a while i i like uproariously laugh at a moment that like no one else does and sure, i feel yes. like and i'm like whoops yeah. whoops 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 <laughs> i've definitely been there was yeah there was something like that for me recently where i i, I enough that i got embarrassed i i mean when i was <laughs> when been, i was watching haunting oh, Venice, it was, was it was the was sex scene in Oppenheimer. Is what I'm thinking. Sure, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. You could hear a pin drop. All the boyfriends closing their eyes. Yeah, as they all, as their uh, partners put their blindfolds on. Yeah. Sorry, that, I fucking love that sequence in that movie for some it's, reason. I thought it was so bananas and so surprising that I yeah, loved it. It's, yeah. It's, it for sure is like he doesn't. It's cool to see him do something sure. he did, doesn't do, even if he yeah, does. He's never, you know, he can't do anything with that in world. a normal way. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think with that, we can move on to special presentations. Okay. Does anyone yeah. have a good one, Jesse, Emilio? Yeah, uh, I can Jesse I can start. start. Um, I, you know, I often come back from uh, right, my residency at Goddard, and I'm like, I've not been, like, watching movies or reading anything. I've just been, like, hanging out with my classmates and friends and seeing their work. And this time I do actually have... A thing that I can point people towards, which is that my friend Andrew Moore uh, put out an album, uh, his band, which on the album is mostly just him, is called uh, Hopewell Woods, and the album is called Stable. It's very, very cool, like kind of Tom Waitsy thing. So, but you know, I, I'd be into it, I'm sure, yeah. even if we weren't <laughs> friends, but. Uh, and, you know, Andrew's a great guy. Uh, so check that out. Leave it on loop on Spotify while mm-hmm. you're sleeping or whatever. Hell yeah. yeah. Use those numbers up. Mm-hmm. Those are rookie numbers. Yeah. We got to get those numbers up. Amelia? Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been having another one of my periods where I feel very uh, insecure about how the level of knowledge I have about some form of art. So I've been really getting into indie music right now. Whoa. So I've been I've been listening to a lot of very eclectic stuff from a lot of from different time periods. But I want to shout two albums out. Uh, first one is an album from this year, which is like this uh, rap album by these rappers called Mike and Wiki, produced by The Alchemist, called Faith okay. of the Rock. That Everything The Alchemist puts out these days is extremely good, and yeah. everybody should listen to every single second of music he pumps out, because it's very cool. It's uh, This album is good blunt-rolling music. It's that sort of <laughs> chill, like, uh, almost jazzy rap that... still, it, But it's style. still, like... Yeah, but it's still, like, a little threatening, which is sort of what, what I need. What are these called? Mike and what? Mike and the Wiki, I, they're credited separately. I think they're two separate rappers who just got together for this record. The album is called Faith of the Rock. It, okay, it, yeah. I love should, Alchemist shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this came out recently, and the other album in a very different vein is the 1998 album by band Sparkle Horse, Good Morning Spider. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just liked it. It was very, it was like a very, a very random thing I chose to listen to because I was just reading some article about Radiohead and they talked about liking that band. And I listened That's to so the- funny. I loved, I, I mean, I'm obviously older than you and I love that you're like reading articles and doing research about the music I was listening to contemporarily. That's so rad. Yeah. Yeah. I saw radio, I saw Radiohead in 03 at Madison Square Garden. Wow. I, I was in New York in the, in, uh, early aughts, seeing uh, Arcade Fire TV on the radio, Yeah Yeah Yes, yeah, um, like Go Go Bordello. I was seeing all of those bands at Webster Hall. You know, ten dollar tickets mm-hmm. for like all of these bands, uh, The Strokes, The White Stripes. Like I, mm-hmm. I was just seeing all that shit, and that's so funny that you're like, I just that made me feel old, but in like a cool <laughs> older brother way. So thank you. <laughs> I'll direct you to two. Uh, series that i'm i i just watched uh and i'm 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 kind of really into and they're uh contemporary they're running now i finally started watching reservation dogs and finished the first season and that show is spectacular and i hear season two is even better and then i watched this fool on hulu uh this and that show is very very fucking funny and it's really good it's got a lot it's light magical realism 
it's a part of LA that I don't really know, like the Mexican East LA kind of culture mm. that I, I'm not really plugged into. So that's eye opening. And then it's just so fucking funny. So joke heavy, so character comedy. It, and, and just weird enough, uh, the creative team is the same people behind Comedy Central's Corporate, which was another fun show in that world. Yeah. So I highly recommend This Fool and Res Dogs. Yeah. Um, I think I'll go with, as we get closer to the horror season, I watched a horror movie recently called The Ruins that came out in 2008 uh, oh, with yeah. Jenna Malone in it from Inherent Vice. Uh, and we also got Sean Ashmore from X-Men, <laughs> Jonathan Insane. Tucker from The Black Donnellys insane dvd cover i remember i saw that in the theaters uh that that fucking cover is scary that poster is scary well the movie is so fucked up we (laughs) ended up watching it uh the 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 big appeal at the time was that it was shot by darius kanji this great you know director photography cinematographer and the movie does look incredible it's you don't ever get like a horror movie shot on like 70 millimeter or whatever like right, this movie right. looks insane and uh it's like 80 minutes long it's a gnarly horror movie where these idiot like white tourists are in mexico they decide to go to a mayan temple to like uh that there's like an archaeological digger or whatever they're going to visit it uh the sort of locals near the temple turn against them and execute one of the people that is like tagging along with them they end up on top of this temple and the plants around the temple start trying to kill them. It is so gnarly. You, the unrated version is the one I watched and you get like, you just don't get blood and like truly disgusting, disturbing (laughs) images. People like having to do amateur surgery, like over and over and over again is such a great, uh, device for this movie to have. And it just, I think explores that in a very interesting way and like has an interesting monster. And it's one of those things. that's like a movie that came out in 2008 that didn't get great reviews. Cause it like wasn't realistic or whatever. And it's just, we're in such a drought for real movies now that you go back and you watch these movies that were dismissed. And it's like, this is what we need is for people to watch the ruins in 2023. Like I did. Oh, I've been enjoying that so much. Just going back and watch movies and be like, look how many extras they have. Like, like, <laughs> look how, are in water they're like outside yeah. look how big this like like the film mannequin an 80s uh, comedy about a mannequin that comes to life has a car chase sequence in it and that is all, where car chases a motorcycle and in the opening andrew mccarthy gets caught on a giant anth- uh ana- like uh, animatronic clock that brings him up in the air and it's a huge visual stunt gag <laughs> in this small, dumb comedy, and it just made me miss, like, back when you would do these big fucking things. I just saw Blown Away, the, ni- like, late 90s fucking I- IRA bombing movie. The explosion, the movie is boring at times, but the explosions are fucking real fire, real things are blowing up. So cool, so yeah, cool. Yeah, it is sort of crazy as a film fan these days just going back to just like some trash movie from the 2000s and be like they shot this on film this looks great me yeah, like it's... watching like confessions of a shopaholic and be, being like you just don't get on location shooting like this anymore it's 35 yeah, they millimeters used to shoot the shit out of stuff and it's fucking awesome you're like well that's also like you mentioning uh kangi who shot uh the ruins like back in the day these guys were like you know it'd be like uh what's his name uh the not Deacons, but who's like the other? Uh, he's got the cool foreign. Oh, name. oh, Hoyt Van Hortema. Uh Yeah, I think so. 
Or is there one more that I can't think? I can't place his name. It'll come to me. But he sh- he shot like flatliners, like a dumb sure. Thriller. Oh, like Yon Debont or something. Yeah, Yon like, Debont. Yes, yeah. that's exactly yeah. who he shot it. And it's like Yon Debont shot flatliners. Like that yeah. movie was just like yeah. a dumb like scare kids in the theater movie. And like that, it used to be like, oh yeah, I'll shoot that movie. I'm available. You know, yeah. I'm not shooting mm-hmm. seventy five days in an Atlanta warehouse. I, I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. available now. <laughs> that does it for us. I mean. uh High and Mighty Action Boys, I think, truly one of my favorite podcasts. It's the the only podcast that I have to stop listening to in public because I'm laughing too loud. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll give you a little teaser here. Uh, upcoming uh, Lawnmower Man episode for uh, October is breaking the four-hour mark. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> that's one of my favorites. I don't know if that's like a good plug or a bad yeah. plug, but i just let you know the kind of dumb show we have. One we, of my favorites. You know, you're on a podcast that has done that before for worse reasons probably (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad to know i'm glad it wasn't tonight but i'm also glad to know you guys are willing to go that deep and that hard (laughs) one of my favorite uh bits is the updated theme song for sports timber where they are you ready for this four-hour podcast drops it makes me laugh every time yeah i i was i was also once in a car driving back from uh college Think almost crashed the car and almost thought I had a heart attack listening to the face off episode of Action Boys with a joke about a score, <laughs> score two. two. <laughs> it's a dead floor. I really, it's a hard podcast to recommend to people, but I do. I love it so much. Oh man, I forgot about score tunes. I'm gonna it's, text the boys right now. <laughs> I mean, you need to bring them back. Also, shout out to uh, 101 Places the party. Yes, mm-hmm. coming to Puerto Rico where I live. Uh, oh, that's out. awesome. I'm coming back with my family in April, so I'll I'll, I'll message you, Emilio. I'm gonna be in. San Juan in April. Uh, yeah, let me know. I'll show, fuck- I'll, I'll show you the real spots. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. My, my sketchy-ass cool. garage with a bunch of half-written books, <laughs> half-read books. <laughs> there were, there were parts yeah, of an the- empty bookshelf. Uh. Yeah. yeah, a bunch of bu- no, a full bookshelf of books I have not read. Um, yeah, untouched, uncreased. Yeah. There were parts in that 101 places episode where I was like, it's crazy he shot there. People die there all the time. That is, so that is... Oh, yeah. What's the where they shot Despacio? Uh, yeah, La, La, La Perla. Perla. Yeah, yeah. Are we crazy? went with uh, our fixer was like, uh, "Look, I'm gonna go talk to someone and find out if we could do this." And they went to it. He's like, "They said you could do it, but you can't point any cameras in that direction." And pointed to like one guy in like one area, yeah. and I was like, "Say less. I just want to get out of here alive." Yeah. <laughs> a crazy story yeah. about that place. I guess this is just like a random digression. I'll say quickly just before we end. But like early pandemic people were coming to puerto rico like from other places to party which was a very bad thing but uh like a white tourist came to la perla he got like shot and died and then people were like trying to figure out what happened to him or whatever and everybody who lived there was like nobody's ever gonna find out what's happened there that's just how it goes down and the, uh, the conservative governor of puerto rico was like Listen, people go to places where they shouldn't be stuff happening. <laughs> and like a year and a half later, I'm there dancing to La Bomba. <laughs> a Mexican song. Yeah. <laughs> I do think about 101 Places is like, you always have like, 
you know, a show like that where it's like, oh, I love like their podcast and they're getting the show and it's like, it can be watered down sometimes. And I think the first episode, as it gets to like the third <laughs> tag on the Liam Neeson pissing his pants <laughs> drunk bit, I was like, I can't believe they made this on television. Like it did not get watered down at all. Everything made it in. And That's what so, we fought for. Like, we fought for it to be like, it's got to be us like for real. Yeah. And like, they were like, and we're like, no one cares that what me and Adam think about the ice cream. <laughs> like yeah. We're not ice cream experts. Let us yeah. be funny while eating good ice yeah. cream. And that'll be the strong thing. So I appreciate you guys picking up on that. That's yeah. awesome. This was it's nice great. to hear. Ah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, we had a weird experience of watching that show where we would have an online session where we would watch and every every episode of 101 places followed by every episode of the rehearsal back to right back. oh those are <laughs> crazy two summer. very different styles of comedy <laughs> yes. but two funny shows the rehearsal <laughs> definitely like no i think we did it back, i think we did it backwards because we would be freaking out after the rehearsal and we're like we need something normal and then <laughs> we would yeah, like, recenter ourselves uh but yeah i mean can't thank you enough for taking the time to chat with yeah. us about inherent vice of course. Uh, is there anything else you'd like your socials to promote? Nah, don't anything? worry about it. This was yeah. a pleasure. Check out Inherit Vice for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> Would you? And then uh, as all of our links are in the description. Yeah. And with that, Jesse. I will release our audience. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.